Welcome back. It is currently 8.38 a.m. You're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM. This is episode three of the Climate Change Report. Welcome. Um, so the Climate Change Report is a, a magazine-style show that we are having here on the Monday morning after where we talk about, about anything and everything related to climate change. It is in collaboration with Divest McGill. They're coming in every four to six weeks to talk about what they're up to um, with their climate justice movement on trying to get McGill to divest from fossil fuels. Um, I am joined here today with Simon Bandarab, who I hope I said that right, <laughs> Close <laughs> who, enough. Um, who is joining the Climate Change Report today. So it's not only me now. Welcome, Simon. How are you doing? Hello, Zoe. Glad to be here today. For your future, it's Bandarab. It's Bandarab. all Bs, no Vs. Okay. Bandarab. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Okay. Nobody so, gets it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so welcome. Um, so today we're on the third episode. We're going to be talking about the zero waste movement. Last week we talked about uh, carbon footprint and how to reduce that uh, reduce that in your day-to-day life. But uh, I was thinking and I had heard about the zero waste movement and the way to reduce your carbon footprint a lot would probably be to go zero waste. Um, so today we're going to talk about the zero waste movement. And I first heard about this movement uh, when I saw a video on Facebook, as you learn about a few, lots of stuff these days, um, circulating. Um, and it was about a woman who had fit all the tra- waste she had, uh, her entire family had produced within a year into a small mason jar. And I thought that was really impressive. So I did a bit more research because climate change action is something that really interests me. Um, sustainability really interests me so i did some research and ends up this woman was called Bea johnson and she's originally from france but she's now living in california um and since 2008 her entire family has been living a zero waste lifestyle um her family's motto is refuse reduce reuse recycle rot and only in that order so it's a really cool um little slogan that she's got for her family going and she even published a book about their entire journey called the Zero Waste Home in 2013. And this gives readers tips and tricks on how to reduce and nearly eliminate their waste uh, in their day-to-day lives. Now, zero waste encompasses food, cleaning products, soaps, cosmetics, and anything really that can produce any type of waste. So anything from plastic, styrofoam, anything that's um, you can recycle, but people try to reduce, even reduce that. So um, we're going to play a quick clip now uh, of Bea Johnson grocery shopping. She's explaining how she does that. The store, instead of using the plastic bags, then I started bringing uh, my own cloth bags, which I made from old sheets to buy in bulk. Thank you. If you could feel it, that'd be great. And then I thought, well, I can probably push it further and bring jars to the counters to eliminate the cheese, meat, fish wrapper. Yeah. When I first decided to bring a, a glass jar to the counter, they looked at me and they said, you know, why are you doing this? So why, why do you want to put it in here? And I said, oh, I don't have a trash can. They're like, oh, okay. Then they put it in. I found that it was the easiest way, instead of going into long, you know, long speech about what I do and why I do it. Oh, that sounds great, actually. I found also that this way of uh, uh, shopping is a more human way of shopping because it, it forces you, in a way, to have a, a contact with the person behind the counter. Do you have a nice weekend? Yeah, not too bad. How about you? I have to speak to the person behind the counter. It's uh, We know each other. We have a conversation. 
makes from San Francisco to LA? Uh, it, it gives a better sense of community because you care more about them and they care more about you. Uh, you enjoy your time. Thank you. And instead of going in the middle aisles, I only do the perimeter of the store. And the perimeter of the store is also uh, what's healthier for you. I'm actually looking for the fruit without the stickers. But it's really hard to find. That's where you're going to have the uh, unprocessed foods that, are, that don't have packaging. Welcome back. So that was a clip of Bea Johnson um, grocery shopping and explaining a bit uh, her experiences as she grocery shops with a zero-waste lifestyle. That clip continues on her, to her uh, talking about cleaning products and even makeup and how she uses cocoa powder as blush. So it's really interesting alternatives there. Um, you can hear about her journey and her um, tips and tricks at zerowastehome.com. And all this, this is the first person I heard of adopting this lifestyle personally. There are lots of other people out there. There's a lot of videos on YouTube of people talking about the zero waste lifestyle. One that I particularly liked was a TED Talk of a woman called Lauren Singer, and she's this younger woman, and she has actually talks more about how to do it on a student budget, and she is also vegetarian, so that's um, even more reduced. I know because Bea Johnson does eat meat, so to reduce your carbon footprint anymore, to be vegetarian is really good. Um, now, moving on, I'm joined here today with Kristen Perry, and you, she is a recent environmental science grad here at McGill, and she was a facilitator at the Ecole Sustainability Co- collective last year and in addition to that she was also the environment commissioner for SSMU for four years welcome Kristen hi it's so good to be here thank you um I hope you are not too tired here at 8 30 a.m a little bit early but worth it for talking about zero waste for sure yeah uh Simon's gonna take over now we're gonna talk to Kristen about her zero waste journey and how she um lives this lifestyle all right thanks Zoe uh, all right, Kristen, uh, glad to have you in the studio this morning. Um, I, I think the first question is, uh, what inspired you to, uh, uh, to go zero waste? Is this something, uh, in, in, in the full Bea Johnson video, she talks about, uh, she talks about uh, simplifying her life. Uh, she also talks about environmental impact. Um, for, for Bea, it seems like a more individual concern, but what, what inspired you to, to take this path? Yeah, so I guess I've been in, interested in environmental issues for a long time, since mm-hmm. I was pretty young, um, and I wanted to start thinking about how I could really start living a lot of those values. Um, in my family, you know, there was kind of that conservation ethic, and my mom grew up on a farm and things, so though we were living in a town, um, we did sort of think about those things and like gardening and stuff like that, uh, and it was just a way for me to be able to apply some of the things that I was interested in and learning to my own life and really be able to, to live those values. Um, and so it was kind of an individual thing, but being very aware of the larger issues and just wanting to make sure that I was uh, living in line with that. Um, and actually, you mentioned Divest McGill, who we're doing this in partnership with, and that's been a large part of my life for the last three, almost four years now. Um, so yeah, just thinking about like all the larger issues and then how we can, as individuals, impact that at the personal level and also at the political level. Okay, so uh, as you've... Um as as you as you progress toward well i guess that's that's the question is like have you do you consider yourself fully transitioned to a zero waste lifestyle or is this a a work in progress like how uh, mm-hmm. give us a sense of 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 the time and the development here 
Yeah, um, so I'd say I would always say it's a transition and you're never going to be perfect and it's really important to recognize that in any changes you're trying to make in your life because there's always more you can do um, and there's always going to be challenges, especially living in the world that we do. There's just, it's very it's very built in a certain way in that it's difficult to live in it if, if you're trying to make all these changes sometimes. Um, so you really have to be really intentional and you have to do a lot of experimentation and see sort of what works. Uh, so I'd say I'm actually pretty good right now um, and I've started probably about three years ago, and so it's been quite a while that I've had to work on this and start thinking about these things and find some of the solutions that exist. It's nice to live in Montreal because there are a lot of resources that you wouldn't have living in a smaller town, for example. Um, so a couple of them that I want to mention, there's a new one opening up, there's a new zero-waste grocery store called Loco, um, and I think it's going to be in Rosemont, uh, around like kind of the Jean Talon area, actually. Um, so I'm really excited about that. There's a couple, I think there's four girls who started it up and like are thinking about these things. So it's exciting to know that's happening. There's also Sinkiem Cafe, which is going to be like a cafe and co-working space. I actually went to kind of a, the launch party for their crowdfunder, essentially, a couple of, of, of weeks ago. And, um, and I think that's another thing where people are, you know, trying to create a community around this, which is really important to have that community. And then I just go to a lot of uh, stores that are, Maybe not intentionally zero waste, but they're bulk stores, for example. So there's Frigo Verre at Concordia. It's a great kind of co-op, a food co-op. Um, they have a lot of bulk there, and it's pretty inexpensive. You buy a membership. So I go there a lot. It's kind of the first place I go, but they don't have as much selection times for something. So another place is Franco's, which is on um, Saint Laurent. And that's really great. It has a lot of variety, a little more expensive, uh, but worth it because there's a lot of things you can get there. And so, yeah, it's, there's a lot of resources living in a city, which is nice, and that allows you to... Uh, to you have to explore to find them, and then once you find them, it kind of gets into your routine, and it works really well. Okay. Wait, well, I'm curious. In practical terms, what is uh, what? Wait, what is it? What does the zero waste grocery store look like? Is that no plastic bags? They don't throw out their old food. Like what? I mean, I guess we'll have to see with when this one opens. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you go into a normal supermarket, it's really hard to. <laughs> shops your waste because there's a lot of things that are packaged you look at the shelves and basically everything is packaged you know some produce might be free even sometimes there's produce that's in styrofoam and plastic and you're like this apple does not need to be packaged like this This is ridiculous (laughs) um but that's just how our system is working right now right or not working in my opinion um but there's kind of all these inefficiencies and waste built in and so if you want to be zero waste you really have to be recognizing that and conscious of all these things and then be able to uh, find alternatives uh and you know make choices based on your values and decide what's important to you and what can you let slide and things like that um so different people will prioritize different things so i'm also kind of working towards being vegan um you know everything i cook at this point for myself or others are vegan i'm a little flexible if i go out or something makes it a little easier i'm vegetarian um but also sometimes i'll prioritize that over being zero waste so for example uh vegan butter or something i use a lot of my cooking and coconut milk um, and those come in things that are packaged it's recyclable at least that i use mm-hmm. the containers uh, or recycle the cans um but there'll be like a little bit of plastic sealing the butter and like yeah. to be vegan i like to have butter that i can cook with for example so that's like one kind of trade-off and there's sometimes like that where you have to uh, make little trade-offs um but you know you just think about overall what's the impact and and how how do you want to incorporate it into your life Okay, so so as you're as you're moving towards towards veganism, is that that's a, is that is that a similar uh, uh, is is it is it similar values that that pull you towards zero waste to, to yeah. like reduce your carbon footprint or for sure yeah I mean for okay. me the vegetarian and veganism kind of journey is a lot coming from all well, my work with Ives McGill and just thinking about yeah. climate change a lot really. Um, and there's the ethical questions also just with animal rights, but I think for me it's, it is an environmental question and like trying to live more sustainably um, and reduce my own impact on the world. And a big way to do that is just like cutting out animal products. Like that's one of the largest things you can do in terms of carbon for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, you, you, talked, you talked for a second about, um, I, I guess, the, the, the advantages of living in, in a city like Montreal for a, for a zero-waste lifestyle, which I, I, I guess to me seems, seems a little counterintuitive. You know, I think of... I don't know. I was like, I was, I was just in, in, in Vermont, and I was living on this, on this, on this, on this farm where there were just like all these like composting toilets and eating local vegetables. And I think of that as like this really um, ecological ideal. But um, I, could you could you just talk talk a little more about like what's what's advantageous about about living in the city for zero waste? Mm-hmm. So I guess I kind of have two visions also of my future. One's like living on a little homestead and like having <laughs> everything that I produce myself um, yeah. and being kind of you know out in the country. And mm-hmm. that is kind of the idealized environmentalist. Environment, I guess, like mm-hmm. where you would think you would be living most sustainably. Um, in a lot of a lot of ways, that is true. But if you think about all the humans we have on that planet, we definitely don't have enough land for everyone to do that. Oh no. Um, and so, you know, your your land footprint is also a big part of how how much carbon you're using, for example, and how you're impacting the environment. Um, and even living in a city, a lot of things are coming from land that you have to think about your footprint there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of living in Montreal, you know, there's a lot of resources like I was already talking about, mm-hmm. which is really wonderful. But also living in a higher density space can be more efficient. So you're not traveling around as much. You know, things are closer. You can bike. You can walk a lot. If you lived out in the country, I had to come and go to a grocery store, for example. It would be a lot harder than me just being able to walk, you know, a couple blocks and be at a grocery store already. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that are more efficient because you're living in a city. And also there's a lot of community that you can find. Uh, Obviously, there's community in rural areas, too, but uh, there's a lot of different things in the same place, and um, you can kind of explore that and interact with the different people who are uh, in the city and share similar values and maybe have different perspectives on things or different reasons are doing things. Um, you know, you think about zero waste, people might have different things that are bringing them there, and exploring that and learning with them is really kind of cool to mm-hmm. think about, you know, why people are doing things and what's important to them and find the similar values, but also find um, where you might expand and learn more, too. All right. Uh, you were just, you know, you, you were just, you were just talking a second ago about that, about about that, about that, that that idol of of you know of just of just of being self sufficient and and making you know um, uh, so many of the of the daily items that you need. But you, you were telling me earlier that you you do actually make uh, a lot of a lot of your own own things. Like you were telling me about how you you make your own deodorant and you make your own uh, toothbrush or, or toothpaste, toothpaste rather. Yeah. yeah. Um, as for our listeners, like how do how, how do you do that? Do that? Like what is a, what's what's a home toothpaste? It's recipe? It's pretty simple. Um, so there's a lot of different recipes mm-hmm. online, and you can experiment. I just started toothpaste actually like maybe four months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Once I finished the tube of toothpaste that I had sitting there for a long time, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is uh, is just phasing out things that already exist in your life. I'm still like phasing out makeup, for example. So that's mm-hmm. something I haven't had to. I've read a lot of recipes, but I haven't had to actually make anything yet. I'm really excited to try. Um, but yeah, so for toothpaste, it's pretty simple. Uh, one recipe, just like a couple tablespoons of um, coconut oil. You can use baking soda and cornstarch, and then put some sort of essential oil if you want. So I put mint. Um, I also add stevia, in, so it's a little sweeter. It makes it a little less, uh, a little better tasting than just baking soda, you know. Um, so it's always <laughs> totally. good to think about that. What's going to be making you happy as well when you're brushing your teeth so it still tastes good? Um, so that's an example of toothpaste. But you can make them with, you know, ingredients that you buy in bulk, so you're not getting the packaging um, at the level of the actual toothpaste tube, but also not at the level of the baking soda, for example. You buy that in bulk. Um, and then, yeah, you try to make it yourself. You can experiment what like what you like, um, what tastes good, what actually works. And there's a lot of information online, and I've really like looked around a lot at that and mm. kind of learning through other people's experiences is good too. Uh, so this, um, I yeah, I, I guess that just just a little point you made about 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 the stevia and and doing and doing things that you know that still that still make you happy, that still give you joy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, some of what you talked about is it this sounds like this is a lifestyle that requires a lot like a lot of forethought and and 
and and and and planning and you know and and you know individual effort to you know to circumnavigate like these particular consumers pat- patterns that we mm-hmm, have but for sure. like doesn't this doesn't this like eat up a lot of your uh, a lot of your leisure time i mean do so i mean for me the lucky thing is i actually enjoy doing a lot of these things um, that is so, fortunate. <laughs> yeah so cooking for example i love cooking mm-hmm. and if you want to be zero waste it's good to be able to cook you know it's actually cheaper um you can get a lot of ingredients in bulk and you have to know how to prepare them. So, you know, instead of getting a can of chickpeas from the store, for example, which is a can, and I try to avoid recycling as well. It's just mm. a weird thing to say for an environmentalist, you'd think, but recycling is actually not that great when you look at all the background. Um, so, yeah, being able to, like, avoid that sort of waste is good. You know, you'll get the chickpeas, for example, in bulk, dried, and then you'll have to know how to prepare them. Um, and so there's a lot of things that you just kind of learn as you go. Um, but I really like cooking a lot, and that's mm. a big thing about being zero waste is your food, because that's, I would say, my primary purchases are mostly food, which is another thing mm-hmm. you don't want to be buying a lot. You're thinking about, like, anti-consumerism and stuff. Um, yeah, and so that's a, a little bit of background on that. Okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah, and so you just... I like doing these things, and it does take some time, but actually a lot of things are really quick. So toothpaste takes, like, five minutes to make. Um there's a lot of research that goes into it. I'd say more of the time is learning how to be zero waste and trying new things. And once you kind of have those routines and you've kind of established that, it's actually pretty efficient and, and you've just kind of work it into your daily life, so it's okay. Um, and when you're making things, you can just make a lot at once, so it lasts you a long time. You know, maybe do one thing a week or something, and it's actually not that bad. You know, I'm a student. I have a lot of – well, I, I'm not a student anymore. I've been a student for the past, you know, five years as I've been working on zero waste. Um, and so I've been spending a lot of time on other things. So a lot of my activism, you know, working, um, living in a sustainability collective is actually a lot of work, surprisingly, <laughs> as, as equal is, as, as wonderful as it is. And then also being a student and like doing all this mm-hmm. schoolwork. So I would say I have a very busy life and I still manage to fit it in. Um, and it's just about prioritizing what's important and also being able to find things to do that work within your lifestyle. Um, so it really depends on, you know, how you're living. If I had a uh, family and kids, as some people do, it definitely makes a big difference in how you're going to be doing things, right, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, a single woman and living in a city, it definitely helps uh, because I only am responsible for myself, mm-hmm. so that's something too. So it definitely there's different layers and different things that you would have to uh, think about. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, that, yeah, that totally t- ties into the next next question I have. Um, is we've 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 t- we've talked a lot about about what you know what one does in in, in your in your individual life, but uh, I mean obviously we don't you know uh, we don't we don't live alone we don't live isolated. Um, I mean I su- I su- yeah I assume that you you live with other people since you live in a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, are they also zero waste? Are they also transitioning to zero waste? If not, is there any friction related to mm-hmm. that? Or? Yeah, uh, so it's really interesting to think about your interactions with other people uh-huh. when you're trying to make changes, especially when. They're so uh, kind of against what society normally mm-hmm. has. Um, I'm really lucky because living in a coal, a lot of people share the same values. Uh, so I also lived for a long time with two roommates um, who uh, are they're in poli sci, and so they're not really thinking about environmental things as much as I am, mm-hmm. um, and that's really a priority for me. So it was interesting to like, you know, I think leading by example is really good. I think um, being non-judgmental is super important. Like you have to realize everyone has their own priorities, um, but showing people ways that things can be easier um you know i got my roommates some collapsible containers that they can take out with them and they use that a lot now um and so where i'm living now it's a sustainability collective but a lot of people are coming from different places still um so i'd be the only one who is zero waste i think the only one who's vegan right now although i think next year there'll be some vegans um a lot of them are vegetarian already who are living there and so there's a lot of different values um that are shared which is really nice uh but 
it is definitely a process, and I'd say leading by example is an important thing. I just try to do what I can in my own life. Um, when I'm cooking for my roommates, we actually have this really cool thing where we have collective dinners every night, and so a different person will cook, and it'll be like once every 10 days you have to cook, and you just cook for everyone, which is really nice. Uh, you've come home to a hot meal. Um, but I'll cook for them, and it'll be you know a zero-waste meal, for example. Um, when I go places, when I go to cafes, I always bring my containers, my utensils, water bottle, things like that, and I always have that with me. So a big part of zero waste is just being prepared and you know, starting to just be ready for to take on the challenges that are going to be facing you every day and realize you're not going to be ready for all of them, but there's a lot of, even just by bringing a container and um, thermos, like that cuts, up, cuts down on a lot of waste. Okay. Um, so thinking about how you're working in the system and, um, and just showing by example, a lot of people will say, oh, that's a really good idea. I never have thought about that. And just, you know, it's a small thing. It's a small interaction in their life, but maybe it'll start them thinking about uh, the waste that they're producing and uh, consumption as well. Right. I just got the I just got the time signal from from Zoe, so I uh, was just going to uh, just wrap up with uh, with one final question. Um, as for for uh, CKUT, uh, CKUT listeners, are there uh, three items or or three techniques that you would recommend for beginning hmm. uh, the transition to a zero waste lifestyle? Okay, well, I talked about the three items already. I guess I'd say probably like a travel thermos (laughs) is really good and a, I mean, reusable bag is kind of something that hopefully most people are having at this point, though not everyone, Um, and utensils and also a container that you can bring around. I really like the collapsible ones. They're silicone. Mm -hmm. Um, They're sealed, so they're watertight. You can put soup in them. You can put, you know, French fries or whatever. You can put everything in them. It's really great. Um, I'd say bringing those around is really good. And uh, in terms of things that you can do, try to cooking more, um, you know, buying local food and cooking that, buying in bulk, I think is really important. Um, for clothes, you can go thrift shopping. Most of my clothes are thrifted now, which is really nice because it's cheaper and also um, you're not contributing to producing more waste. Um, mm-hmm. So that's nice. So I'd say those are kind of the two main things I'd start with. It'd be just like buying in bulk, um, bringing your utensils, containers, thermoses around, and then thrift shopping for your clothes some easy things to start with and you know experiment <laughs> find out what works for you that's the most important thing just get started you can't do it all at once um it's a transition but uh once you do it you find it's definitely improved my life a lot um you know i'm healthier i'm happier i'm living more in line with my values which makes me happier and uh i'm able to have really interesting discussions with people about uh, zero waste and consum- consumption and how that plays into our lives all right Kristen perry uh thank you very much uh for talking to us today Thanks so uh, about much. zero waste <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. That was Simon Banderab uh, interviewing Kristen Perry um, about the zero-waste lifestyle. That was episode three of the Climate Change Report. We will be back next week. Um, that concludes this episode of the Monday Morning After. I'll see you guys next week.